Hello, welcome once more to the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. We bring you heady thoughts on bikes and bike racing and bike riding and all kinds of things like that. Joining us this week, of course, you have your usual host. There's me, Greg, and Matteo. Hey. Hey, Matteo. Hey. And over there in the third corner is Ian Schmidt, our technical correspondent. Yes. WHPP's technical. I was promised consultant and correspondent. <laughs> you got it. You got Excellent. it, buddy. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Bring this in. All right. Let's let's roll into the show. So what do we got? So I, I actually wanted to tell a quick podcast related uh, story um, because it might amuse it might amuse you too, particularly Mario. I don't know, but so there is uh, a gentleman on another podcast that has a Boston Minneapolis axis as well as a Florida uh, axis. Uh, by the name of Spencer Haw, and I actually ran into this gentleman uh, because my my team did a little New Year's Day ride on cross bikes down at local park, and he came along, um, and yeah, I got to meet him, uh, and this fellow on a podcast uh, about bikes. Oh, this is the Slow Ride Podcast, by the way. Just I'll get their name out there. They seem like nice guys, I guess. Not here to plug for them. And we were telling them that I thought I was very special because I have, uh, we've discussed before, this really beautiful, beautiful cross bike. It's this Richie Swiss cross, and there's not a whole lot of them around. It's nice a steel uh, bike, and it's it's really fabulous and great, and I love it. And it turns out that the other guy in Boston doing a bicycle-related podcast has the exact same bike I do. No. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just completely serious. That's hilarious. I mean... I, I guess that that does seem like a pretty good bike for him. I I only internet know him, but mm. yeah, he's a, he's well, a pretty solid guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is um, I I guess I'll say for it that you know we're both connoisseurs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like That's why else? Why else would you go on the internet and talk about bicycles? Is it tooting my own horn to say that I only know him by virtue of the fact that I won a race that he promoted? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's a humble brag, but maybe less on the humble side. <laughs> I won it on my uh, humble frameworks cyclocross bike. Okay, now it's a humble brag. Good work. <laughs> oh, oh, Ian, regretting this yet? I've got more. Oh God, <laughs> it was right there. I had to. Yeah. All right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That was painful. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think what Greg wasn't that actually the first time that I actually was one of your consultants is when we were talking about the Swiss crosses. Because I mentioned, I think we were, and I I, I seem to recall that you were down on it. I seem to recall that you had negative things to say about Richie. Uh, well, and that you said that uh, Tom Richie himself was an irascible bastard who couldn't hold a brazing torch uh, to save his life. <laughs> I None of that's true. <laughs> he is an irascible bastard, but he can hold a brazing torch. Of, of all the things they make, this was crossed as one of the couple things I might buy. Um, and it seems like they got the binder bolt issues worked out on that frame. But for a while, I saw a lot of them broken irreparably. And I, that's I will say this. I, th- I think the um, one of the dropouts on it seems to be slightly bent. <laughs> I see. I, I would personally. Uh, I just bend it back. 
<laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, you know, it just makes getting the wheel in and out, like, not as easy as it otherwise would be. So. I see. That's not important uh, for a race bike, is it? In cross? No, no. You'll just get a pit bike. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it'll be uh, fine. Or through axle, I think through axle fixes all those things, right? Oh, um, yeah. I maybe we could talk about that later. Retro twisty, your your Richie Swiss cross to a through axle. Well, although this this does this does bring up uh, something that is on our agenda, um, talking about bent dropouts and broken binder bolts, is that. You ride bikes long enough, you start to race bikes. Uh, you race bike long enough. At a certain point, you're going to be you're going to be riding and racing damaged gear. Oh yeah, and yeah. I I think that um, a lot of people are too quick to discard lightly damaged gear. What do you guys? That think? is so true. Yeah, this is the the kind of the bikes we've dented part of the show. It is. I, I think if it's in my size, people can discard it as quickly as they like. Um, if it's not, well, they should probably hang on to it for longer. Oh, hmm. for the for the interest of uh, WHBP demographics, Ian, how tall are you? Um, I am five ten, and I ride a fifty three ish. Oh, I'm not sure how we let someone so tall onto this show, but anyway, <laughs> I'm not either. It's it's a well kept secret. <laughs> But, okay, so that's not, like, I guess the most common size people think of is a 56. So, uh, anyway, that's a digression. Yeah, um, I, so I've had a number of bikes, and I've I've dented virtually all of them at one time or another. <laughs> Doing it right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it seems like that's just kind of, it's an occupational hazard. And actually, the very first time that I did something like that was early on in my, uh, my racing days. And I was wondering about this recently on um, Twitter. Uh, which is why this ended up being something that we're talking about tonight. So I had uh, I I started racing in 2008 um, on the collegiate circuit uh, in the uh, Eastern Collegiate Cycling Conference, the ECCC. Uh, and I was racing on a very old and not very impressive bicycle. It was a 1987 Univega Grand Record. It was shoot. Oh yeah, it was uh, it was glorious, yeah. and I had I had rigged it up. I think that I talked about this in episode five, a little bit when uh, we had our first well I I whatever when the first guest <laughs> that we've had on the program was on Preston filling in for um, Matteo, uh, but I had mounted up the shifters on Kelly takeoffs by the brake levers uh, and swapped him from uh, six speed down tube shifters to seven speed down tube shifters but nonetheless it was a very old bike that i was racing some 20 years old uh and that bike might its demise in the first usac race i did uh when we went over some wet train tracks in the rain Oof. and yeah i i i remember very clearly we went over the train tracks and i'm trying to stay as still as possible over them and then kind of just my whole universe turning sideways yes. <laughs> for no clear reason uh, and, uh, once I kind of dusted myself off and, you know, after having slid on my butt for a, about a mile, yep. and uh, picked up my bike, I found there was a pretty good sized dent in the top tube. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it hit a road sign or something. I'm not really <laughs> wow. sure. I, the bike was far away from me when I got okay. up, sure. like 50 to a hundred feet away from me. 
uh, it, it was quite slippery. Yeah. As it turned out. And what I ended up doing at that time is I said, oh, that doesn't look good. Uh, I'm going to have to replace this. You know, I can't race this anymore after I'd ridden it to the finish line and then um, <laughs> climbed off, which wasn't that far away, you know. But I replaced it. But now I was wondering, gosh, that was a pretty thick-walled, heavy-duty, you know, in-your-face steel bike. Like, I probably could have kept racing on it maybe i don't know and i had taken a picture of the damage but i've since lost it so i don't know i don't know anyway discuss i don't know i have other i have other dented bicycles to tell you about but that was what i was thinking about lately your uh your comment about like oh i'm I'm gonna have to do something about that at some point kind of reminds me of uh what happened with my dented bike which was a spooky skeletor that i won at a cyclocross race in Massachusetts, sort of at the raffle portion of the race. And I was pretty pumped, you know. I mean, I was a Cat 4 or Cat 3 at the time, and it's it's not all that often that someone is like, hey, here's a bike frame. Um, and not, not many months into me having this bike, I managed to have a garage-related accident that put a big old ding in the top tube. Like, oh, that's the worst way enough, to do it. But, uh, roof rack? Yeah, it was... Roof rack garage? No, more like uh, fumbling around and, and dropping things inside the oh, garage. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I think me and Matty both in this time period were probably way too punk rock to have uh, <laughs> roof yeah. racks. To have Just roof racks, to have undented bicycles. If you drive through <laughs> to a restaurant after a, uh, after a race, these things happen? These, these things happen. But I, you know, my, my attitude was, yeah, as I'm looking at this, like, two-inch long, like, creased dent in the top tube in this Ugh. impeccably thin aluminum frame that I had had at that point for maybe three months. Oh, you know, yeah, sidebar on the sidebar on the uh, Spooky Skeletor. This, this was, you know, 2009. Uh, this guy, Mickey uh, Denencourt, comes out with this aluminum uh, road race bike that is it's like a thousand gram aluminum frame <laughs> it's completely bananas yeah and, and that was for the 56 <laughs> like not even right. the little ones right yeah and he had frank, everyone wanted this bike but yeah, oh he had man frank like, welding for him it was it was the bike yeah it was it was very much like the bike to have for your kind of budget uh, for your WHPP minded racer in you know yeah. 2009 or so. Yeah, Definitely. I wanted one so bad. But anyway, yeah, so it's a big dent, kind of not surprising. Big dent, crease, you know, it's the, in the kind of crease in the dent that makes you think, you look at it, I looked at it, and I thought, all right, I'm going to ride this for a little while, and then that crease is going to like just split apart. It's just, yeah, gonna and turn I'm, I'm not going to have a dent, I'm going to have a hole in my bicycle. <laughs> And I didn't. I didn't want to. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want to watch that happen, so I put a sticker over it. Awesome. (laughs) Out of sight, out of mind. (laughs) Exactly. That was exactly my approach. I put a sticker on it, and I raced the fucker for another four. That way. That way. (laughs) That way, when the bicycle just abruptly fails underneath you, you won't see it coming. It's it's not gonna fail. There's a You'll sticker just be dead. It together, Craig. <laughs> right. Well, what kind of sticker was it? It was this a sticker. Uh, geez, hold on. That's a good question. 
Because some stickers are, you know, much more structurally uh, sound than others. It's true. I don't remember the sticker. Man. Oh. Oh. I do remember that I had to put a little bit of electrical tape underneath the sticker so that, you know, to help sort of provide like a smoother surface for the sticker. So that the sticker. Because oh, it was too creased. <laughs> it was, so was too big for a sticker. <laughs> that's pretty punk yep. rock. That's yeah. That's actually a serious dent. Wow, that's that might be. I, I don't know. It might be worse than the dent I had in that Univega, which also had a crease in it. But of course, I don't mm-hmm. know. That bike was steel. It's so hard to know. Like I, I, I think it might have um, put a been. Uh, I think it was on the top. Now that I think about it, it was like on the top of the top tube, and I was kind of like, "Ooh, it's a deep crease, and it looks like maybe it's not straight anymore." But who, who knows? I was. I was so dumb. Yeah. I was I was 24 years old. What did I know? You Nothing. start to read a little bit of bike stuff on the internet, and people tell you all about Which is these. a great idea. Oh, oh yeah. idea. <laughs> you should get all of your bicycle information from us. Not trust and, no and one. Not else. the internet. <laughs> no, definitely not. Well, you know, we're not we're not the internet, are we? Oh, one of the things that I think is is the sort of uh, epic misguidedness of bicycle information on the internet um, is kind of like the reliability of damage. And I get that nobody nobody really wants to go out on a limb and say, oh, that thing that's slightly broken, it's fine. You know, nobody wants yeah. to be in any way vaguely responsible for telling somebody not to worry about something that like could be a problem. But there's also all this terrible, terrible conventional wisdom floating around and that you know some of some of these items are like oh you know never buy used carbon because it could be damaged and oh or even even like fragile beer can material and all this or or don't buy used aluminum is one i've heard because uh, this might be a whole i think this is like a whole podcast sub uh subject someday but (laughs) you know aluminum has a fatigue life Bah. Right. Yes. <laughs> it has a limited number of cycles it, it can take. Yeah. But well, are we going to get there on a bicycle? No. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially, especially in contrast, you know, it's often contrasted with steel. Right. Steel has this fatigue limit below which it doesn't. It doesn't fatigue. You know, does. <laughs> it, the assumption being that the normal stress cycles that a steel frame is put through never exceed that uh fatigue limit which i think is questionable but anyway like i said that's a whole nother whole nother can of worms i don't know ian what about what do you think do you have bikes like that that you've had a big old dent in and... oh man i was i was thinking about this i was counting up in my head how many undamaged <laughs> bikes have i owned during my racing years <laughs> how many undamaged i think i've got one <laughs> yeah seriously one and i i mean i had a couple of years where were real bad for bikes just going down um i guess i've been racing since 2007 and for a while i was averaging like three bikes a year just because of dumb stuff mostly because i was getting them damaged and then riding them but um 
Wait, as in you were going through three bikes a year? Yeah, I had a really bad run of luck for two years. Six race bikes in two years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm proud to say I've been on one bike for the last three, four, four. So we're fine, but it was a a rough couple of years in there. Um, that is a rough couple of years. I would I would have had to quit racing. I didn't have the money to go through that many bikes. Well, I was underemployed, and um, a a shop that sells recycled bicycles in Seattle um, was really by sweet. the name but, of uh, Recycled Cycles, as it turns out. So. <laughs> oh, huh. <laughs> huh? How about that? Anyways, yeah, um, they took me in more or less just as a pet project, I think, and just kept me going. <laughs> Um, didn't doesn't or didn't Kent Peterson work there? Uh, sorry, sorry, totally. Long time ago, I think. Yeah, yeah I think he did. Long yeah. time ago. Um, the bicycle internet's people look it up. Yeah, or um, don't. Mostly don't. Um, yeah, so I, I think I've had one race bike that was not dented when I got it and was not damaged when I was done with it ever in seven, eight years of racing. Um, and you retired it, hung it on your wall, put it in no, a nice I've, I've, case. I've got it. It's actually it's in the garage right now. I'm, I'm currently commuting on it when the <laughs> snow's not too deep. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great bike. Um, but other than that, I, yeah, I, I, I think my count is like eight bikes that either no nine bikes that either got damaged or did damage and only one of them i guess two of them were so damaged that there was no go like there was no going back no going forward no going back new bike time right Um, it's pretty crazy and and this leads me to plug one of my absolute favorite things for bike racers especially humble working sorts of bike racers is carbon bicycles are kind of an infinite bicycle. Because <laughs> as many times as you break it, you just repair the thing, and it's as good as new. This is actually one of those things that I kind of, I kind of, I kind of love how it. Uh, I don't know. The conventional wisdom on carbon fiber is, uh, is really explodes? different from the reality. You're right that it explodes right. and it's it. really delicate. And you know, if you do, if you so much as look at it harshly, uh, don't ride it. Because it might be damaged in such a way that you can't see, and it will just suddenly explode beneath you and impale you with tiny shards, and you will die. But as as you say, it's actually the most repairable frame material that there is. Well, the most yeah. cost-effective, anyway. Well, by um, far, because the repairs are cheap. You can't, you more or less can't repair an aluminum bicycle because just the amount of heat you have to put it through just doesn't right. work. And um, steel, you've got to like replace an entire tube. It's just yeah. not practical. Yeah, I called some frame builder friends of mine um, just thinking about this episode, and 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 you're looking at like the buddy price is four hundred bucks for that. Um, yeah, and the carbon repair price, if you send it off to like Predator or you know any of the any of the fancy guys that do that, Calfee. Uh, yeah, um, they will charge you a lot less than that. And and you can frankly do it yourself at home for a minimal amount of money. This happens all the time in a lot of other sports, like uh, windsurfing or um, boat racing. You know, 
because the bikes are basically cloth and glue under pressure and people sure. ding up their um, wind boards or boats or whatever all the time. And you just, and, and for, in those sports, everyone, that's what you do on Fridays before racing on Saturdays, you, know, you repair whatever's ripped up about your, your hole. And bike racing Try. just oh, seem to have his opinion that it can't that's be terrifying. <laughs> it's kind of scary. Even even knowing that uh, you could repair carbon, it's like, oh yeah, I'll just uh, patch it up on Friday and go race tomorrow, and you know, sail down descents at fifty miles per hour. Yeah, but it, and you know, being on a being in a small hold boat race is definitely different than the peloton dynamic. In a boat, you're not endangering other people if your repair fails. <laughs> if if your boat just suddenly disappears right. into the bay. With small splinters embedded in you, uh, however that goes. Uh, well, um, I, yes. Well, that's what that's what happens. Obviously, <laughs> obviously. Um, <laughs> and, and, Visible but, from orbit. <laughs> but bike repair is easy, and I was fortunate enough to be living for most of my racing years in Seattle, where there are a few companies that do uh, carbon and applications like aerospace, and there happen to be like a few thousand people in Seattle that do this all the time on like airplane wings and fuselages, actually serious business stuff where the carbon is 10 inches thick and they just do this stuff all the time. This is how they repair airplanes. And so to get a bike repaired, you know, you don't have to send it to Calfee. You can do it yourself or find a friend that works on composites. Not hard. Man. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I don't know. I I can, I I didn't just have, I, I had a, I had a carbon, Go, oh, go ahead, Greg. Oh, I was going to... Uh, why don't you go first? Because I, I was just going to go back to detailing now my my new wisdom on uh, <laughs> racing with dented and, yeah. and damaged stuff. So yeah. maybe well, your I mean, thought I, would go better here. Yeah, I had a carbon bike for a season, and it was I liked it. It was a Bianchi 928. Um, rode really nicely, and I got it from a friend. She had gotten a new bike and sort of right around the time that she had gotten her new bike, she cracked the dropout of her old bike. Uh, oh. so she, she gave it to me and I brought it to the, the local carbon repair guy who uh, got his carbon start in working on windmill blades. This is Matt Appleman in Minneapolis who makes Who's a rad guy. Appleman, Appleman bicycles. Rad yeah. guy. Very cool bikes. Um, he just looks at it and shrugs and goes, yeah, I can do that. And I think he charged me like under a hundred bucks and, you know, filled in the crack and, and it was fine. But, you know, it's, it, it was a bicycle again. So um, what happened that you ended up not racing it past that season? Yeah, I decided to get, um, an aluminum specialized LA E5 smart weld frame because I liked the paint job. Oh, you just got this recently. Uh, a little over a year ago, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was your, your 2014 race bike, wasn't it? Yep. In 2015 and probably 2016. Ian, are you cracking nuts over there? What's going on? No, I'm 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 working on the next beer. Actually, the first <laughs> oh. one for me. It's a lot earlier proper. for me than for you. Oh, I see. Yeah, proper. Sorry, what was being said there? All good. <laughs> Matt was just talking about how great his bike paint scheme was. Oh, yeah. I did. Man, the Bianchi's Mostly glossy boy. black. It's got some pink. It's got some blue. It's got some yellow. Mm, nice. 
Is this the, sorry, is that the Ale or the Bianchi? It's the Ale, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I just thought I could probably rant for a while about Bianchi and how far they've sunk. Um, I don't but... know. Their last year bikes were really good. They I'm sure been... they're good. I just, uh, they don't, I don't know. They don't work for me cosmetically anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're they're good. Well, they, and, and Greg, you've got a point for a long time they they were actually resting on their laurels and they were sort of terrible bikes um, but just in the last 18 months or so they're releasing some real solid bikes again well that's good to know the aesthetics uh, i don't like their aesthetics but i will admit they're making great bikes yeah well i, I you know i just think celeste doesn't really go that well with naked carbon <laughs> it it doesn't i worked at a bianchi dealer um and so i got i got kind of I got into the the Ultra and the Infinito as you know, very high end bikes, very nice. I never rode either, but you know, several people in the shop said that they were just absolutely delightful bikes to ride. the The problem was the number of customers who would come in and they they browse the sort of Bianchi area, and eventually this is, this would happen all the time. Somebody would look up and say, you know, they ought to make every bike they sell Celeste. <laughs> and i would hang my head and say man if they did that it would never be special no no it's a fact if everything is special nothing is special yeah that's that's the classic uh i don't even know what the word for In, that is well anymore. it was the plot of the movie the incredibles is what it was that's, i was <laughs> i was thinking the same thing <laughs> when everyone is special no one will be nicely uh, done. Yeah, um, you know. Do you do community? Th- I should get into community theater. Uh, <laughs> so now that I've gotten or public uh, access television, yeah, or public access TV, <laughs> that'd be great. People watch that all the time. Literally, uh, <laughs> no one, never. <laughs> we know this, right? Right. So anyway, I've gotten older and wiser since that that Univega. Um, I'm actually glad that I replaced it because I ended up getting an awesome bike. Um, this was, like I said, in 2008, and uh, I went to the local bike shop, and they had a 2004 uh, Specialized S-Works E5 frame in size 52 still hanging around, and they were like, "Ah, oh, geez, take it for 400 bucks, please, please take Shoot, it, kid." Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah 400 bucks for that basically i what? wholesale because because it had been sitting there for four years uh, and my theory on why is that this was around the time that uh, carbon fiber was really taking off in mm-hmm. high-end bikes and people exactly were like oh like you're gonna make me uh pay you know this much money for a bicycle I... made of aluminum which is like yesterday's material Pfft. Hell I think it was, that. It, was, it was almost a little bit different. It was, I mean, that must have been when carbon fiber was was starting to be uh, mid-range bicycles, you know, when they when right, it was the bike be, companies it right. kind of Good. It was trickling down. They're doing their, you know, Shimano 105 equipped level bikes. Uh, well, presumably, though, they had, they'd had this bicycle hanging in the shop since 2004, you know, and this was four years mm-hmm. later. So that, that whole transition had happened. And uh, so they were they were just kind of desperate to get rid of it. Uh, and of course, uh, the S Works E5 is one of the best, one of the best aluminum uh, crit or just overall race bikes ever. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Such a, such a fantastic bike. And I, I snagged a frame for 400 bucks. So, you know, that worked out okay for me (laughs) as it turned out, but, uh, you know, and I actually didn't end up damaging that bike. I ended up getting rid of it because I got a, a bike that fit me better. It was, you know, the, that S-Works was a little bit, a little on the log, large side because 52? they're... 52? Yeah. Um, yeah, but those bikes run really long in the yes. top tube. The Special reaches always really runs long. stupid long. Yeah, they're really long. It's a, I don't, I don't know what the reach measurement would be in more modern terms, but it's a, uh, in the size 52, it's a 537 millimeter top tube. It's very yeah. long. yeah. And I had to have a, a 90 millimeter stem on there. Oof. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I think that people kind of... This is another thing where you shouldn't read too much of the internet about it. Like, oh, 90 millimeter stem, that's going to be really twitchy. It was fine. The thing is that, you know, if you're if I was riding recreationally on it, whatever, I probably would still be riding that bike. But if you're racing on it and you really want just the absolute best possible handling, it was it was really too long. Yeah, because uh, sure. I was not on the front wheel enough. Uh, so that bike actually made it out fine, except that you know I once ripped the derailleur hanger off of it. That was fun, um, but you know that doesn't hurt the frame. <laughs> can I can I, I just, re- can I just make a plug since I'm our current technical consultant? All right, plug number two, <laughs> but go on. No, no, this is this is just general <laughs> advice for the listeners okay. of this podcast, dear friends. When you buy a bicycle, immediately buy at least one, if not two, spare rear derailleur hangers. You will thank me when you need them. It's <laughs> not a bad idea, actually. Because yep. they're, they're cheap, and your bike is out of commission if that breaks until you get a new one. And they're, every single bike takes a different one. And the bike shop I worked at for a bunch of years was pretty brand agnostic. And so we saw everything, and everybody needs a different one. And in the middle yeah, of race you, season, you don't have 10 days to wait for a new derailleur hanger to get shipped in. So just buy a couple up front and don't worry about it. When you go to that wheels manufacturing website of like, here's all the derailleur hangers we make, it is it's mm-hmm. kind of hilarious. It's hundreds. You mean derailleurhanger.com? <laughs> is that what it is? Now that's it an is, actual plug. Is. Mine was just good advice. <laughs> um, oh, okay. no, it's a it's a good site and i spent a lot of time there in my years at the shop trying to figure out which stupid looking derailleur hanger somebody needed for their crit bike for next week um yeah it's just a disaster <laughs> so so yeah so i replaced that actually with a custom steel bike which is the current which is currently my my race bike actually only my third road race bike which is you know i'm pretty happy with that. lucky man and, yeah, since been racing since two thousand eight, and uh, I've only I'm only on bike number three, so that makes me pretty happy. Um, yeah. So I got a, yeah, it, but but this feeds into the whole, um, you know, denting crap uh, thing we're talking about here because I got this bike in late two thousand eleven, and I actually did something that I I really don't recommend you do, which is that. Um, I was a little sort of, my cash flow was okay, but my kind of cash in hand wasn't great. And I actually financed this bike. <laughs> they let you cu- finance a custom? Well, yeah, they did. Wow, well, I never heard of that. Well, I bought it through a dealer for okay. this, for this guy. Um, and it's a, it's a make you've never heard of. It's a Cisco. A Not C-Y-S-C-O. Yeah, yeah uh, no, right. I've heard of I've I've heard of him. Uh, he, I believe, wrote the thong song. 
Well, that's not the name of the guy. <laughs> but, but Matty, I love you a little bit for saying that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right, but any, anyway, and it wasn't even like a, it wasn't a ridiculously expensive bike or anything like that, but it was not cheap either. Right. It wasn't like and, used aluminum price. No, 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 no. I think that like, the frame price at the time that he was doing for he doesn't this guy doesn't even do steel anymore uh but it was like starting at 15 or 1600 dollars for a custom um steel frame which eh, you know not bad yeah uh but anyway i the like within seven months or so of getting it because i i think i did this in may i was at a race and i crashed it um because i came into a corner too hot at a crit and picked it up, and there was a dent in the top tube. Dun, dun, dun. And the thing, and I hadn't, I hadn't paid off the bicycle. I can't believe I'm admitting this. <laughs> it makes me sound like such a chump. Wow. It was fine. It was fine. So <laughs> consumed with the terror of having possibly ruined this bicycle that I had just spent, you know, the money that I didn't even have on. <laughs> I, I looked at this dent, and I was like, nah. I don't. And, w- and what had happened, by the way, is. Um, that the handlebar had swung around and hit the top tube, uh, like the corner of the handlebar. So, you know, like gauge steel, that'll put a dent in it. Uh, so, that'll do you it. Know, those, those hipster top tube protectors, they're a really good idea. Um, <laughs> remember those. <laughs> remember that. Uh, I 2008. Think for, good I think year. for Matteo and I, it's not as much remember as, as much as like, look at my current track bike. <laughs> you do not have a top tube protector on your bike. Please tell me you don't. Do you do you own a track bike, Greg? No, no, no. I'm not thinking of like the small ones that are oh. legit. I'm thinking oh, you mean of like, like the, the top tube long pads. Yeah. Oh lord. <laughs> that's wearing that's wearing brown brown pants and a black belt right there. That, yeah, we, the, just, we just don't yeah. do that. The nut saver pads. Anyway. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. I will. I will so, say this. So, so there's, so there's the top tube pad, and then there's, you know, just the top tube protector for track bikes, mostly for steel track bikes, so that sure. you know, in a crash, your handlebars don't swing around, like Greg was describing. Uh, mm-hmm. Those have never worked on my bikes because what, what happens before my hand? Well, my handlebars won't hit my top tube because my handlebars will hit my down tube instead because. <laughs> You need a down tube protector. I need. I, I have. I have wrapped handlebar tape around my down tube to protect it from the tips of my handlebars. Wow, you got rocking some deep drops. Oh, uh, no, it's just a small bike. Those datas. You got those track datas on your bike. They're sweet. Nope. No, it was. It was when I had a felt TK2 and I had uh, Nitto B125s. So are not super the, deep. Those are the steel ones. Those are the steel shallow drop oh sprint God. bars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually like the additional weight on the front end. It just kind of it felt reassuring, you know. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I looked at the dent and I was like, oh, I don't know, it looks okay. It's not that big. There's not a big crease in it. And I was like, yeah, it's probably fine. Took it to the bike shop. They were like, yeah, it's probably fine. And I'm still riding that bike, and it's totally fine. Boom. Awesome. I love yeah. it when a plan comes together. That was a boy, that was a long story. <laughs> that was that was way longer than necessary. I also had, uh, I had for a brief period of time, I had a Trek eighty five hundred LT mountain bike frame. I'm not even sure what year it was from. Sometime in the mid two thousands, 
this is uh, before discs were everywhere because uh, it was a V-brake frame, and that had a gigantic dent in the um, right seat stay, mm-hmm. like like practically to the point of like really deep, like not long but deep, like and I think it had a hole in it, and I was <laughs> like <laughs> in the dent, and I was like eh, I'm sure it's fine, and it was totally fine. I mean, I only had that bike for I don't know a year, but. Yeah, it seemed okay, and and it never failed on me. And I uh, unloaded it on the local used bike shop guy, and he didn't notice that uh, when he took it. And then later, because I was actually working there part time at the time, at that time, uh, he was like, "Hey, Greg, I just noticed there's this big dent here. Um, don't appreciate you not telling me about that." I was like, "Yeah, well, it's fine." <laughs> <laughs> no one comes here to buy a mountain bike. They're just gonna ride it to commute to UMass and back. Whatever. <laughs> That's not gonna kill them. <laughs> You're the only act for other people is touching. Yeah, I mean that's not really how it go how it went. I you know, I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. But he you know uh, he was like, Well, it's a done deal. Hmm. <laughs> the only, yeah. The only catastrophic uh catastrophically ruined bike part I've ever had was actually a steel fork I had on an old touring bike, so there you go. But 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 those are indestructible. We all know this. Oh, it so turns out they're the so not indestructible. Uh, the only oh, reason... that's the thing about steel, isn't it? Uh, well, the only reason... Well, with this fork, <laughs> man. The only reason I still have my original front teeth still is because I had a front rack on that bike. I'm not kidding. Well, I, I need to hear this story now, clearly. Oh, well... <laughs> uh, this was my first for real bike, actually. My first, like, not a, you know, Toys R Us, like, Magna... Mm-hmm. you know mountain bike bike and i'd ridden it for i don't know a couple couple years and a bit and maybe not even actually it was like a year and a half i'd had this bike but and taking it on tours and everything and i noticed uh one day going down the bike path i was breaking to a stop and i was like wow that's some bad fork shutter what the heck is that up with that i was like oh, i'm gonna have to check out like my headset and my brakes or whatever and then i kind of forgot about it but when i brake too hard i would get some like nasty fork shutter and i was like ugh, like this isn't good and then one day i'm at my um plant and soil sciences lab job where my job was literally to like uh take these plants that were growing these like seedlings growing in um you know, cubes or whatever they call those flats mm-hmm. and pull them out and like wash all the dirt off the roots. That was my job for the summer. It was glamorous. And I'm eating my lunch and the bike is kind of parked and I'm admiring it. And then I was like, wait, what's that thing on the fork? Is that a, oh, that's kind of a crack. And then I go and take a look. I was like, oh, it's actually cracked all the way around the left fork <laughs> blade of this fork. <laughs> well, drat. <laughs> And it had been like a week or two weeks since I'd noticed that fork shutter. And I was like, oh, I think I know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, be, yeah, so I, <laughs> it was a Miata 210 with a Mangalite fork, manganese steel uh, alloy fork of some sort. And it was just gone. It was just completely ruined. And I had just this rack holding it together. So that was, uh, that was informative. <laughs> yeah. I mean, steel, steel is basically indestructible on bikes, but people don't want to take the weight penalty of having a lot of it. So people get this thin wall steel stuff that's actually not that strong. It wasn't that that 
light. <laughs> well, I, I, I do or light bike. at all. I do have a bike here at my house. That's my normal commuter bike, where the fork weighs uh, a kilo and a half, and it's flexi. Duh. The fork. <laughs> yeah, that's that no, that's the hilarious. thing. No, that's the thing about that. Well, actually, in the Miatas, in uh, are, come to mind, and I think that um, Univega was actually an import kind of rebrand of a few different things. Miata might have been one of them. Panasonic was the other, uh, where they had this. Uh, Miata made their own triple butted steel tubing, and it was super heavy. And I think that the Univega mat might have been made out of that stuff too. So that was a, it was a heavy bike and it wasn't, you know, all that stuff wasn't necessarily actually incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, you can break anything. It all breaks. It does. And racing, I, I guess this is kind of the, the nub of it, which is that if you race bikes a lot, um, I have never found anything else to be harder on equipment than, than bike racing. Ever. Like, 2013 i fell off my bike like five different times oof quick everybody knocked on some wood for that that was a bad year but yeah yeah and it it turns out that for the most part whatever it is you're riding you know whether it's steel or aluminum or carbon fiber it's it's actually tougher than a lot of people think absolutely and a lot more resilient you can you can ride through a lot of stuff similar to Matteo's story. I have a dented spooky story, and I rode that thing for a bunch of miles after it was. Well, I got it dented, and it was. Fine. <laughs> you got it dented. <laughs> it started it. dented, pre-dented. Well, you know, some guy dented it and then was convinced, and it was. It could the dent could be covered by a small sticker, or the dents. There were a couple of them. You didn't need to. You didn't need to kind of fill in under the sticker with electrical tape. I didn't actually. I'm I'm sort of bougie that way. Mine are only sort of dented. <laughs> and uh you know, I, I I rode it for a while till some other non dent related issues made the bike untenable, but but yeah, you can ride that you can ride the snot out of that stuff. I I know some people who buy a bike a full bike every other year. They aren't masters racers, and are they? let's not go there let's just go straight to it come on maybe (laughs) (laughs) but you know there is this sort of pervasive attitude that uh, as bike racers oh we're so hard on bikes and only new bikes are worth riding and blah 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 blah. and it's crap it's horse crap you can well not the hard on bike stuff but the fact that they need to be replaced every year or yeah right i think things need to be well maintained Mm -hmm. and that that really goes a long way in uh in 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 keeping a bike rideable and raceable because yeah we we do put you know pretty pretty terrible wear and tear uh i figure you know as a bike racer you're you're probably riding your road bike 10 hours a week like in this sort of middle ground, possibly a whole lot more, possibly a little bit less sometimes. That's a long time. And then, you know, you do some bad weather and you ride the same training wheels for several years or you ride the same race wheels for several years. You get a couple crashes and crits. Like, stuff is going to happen. 
You're going to break spokes. Yep. You're going to wear out rims. You might even wear out some crappy hubs. Um, the bushings in your derailleur might get all worn out and the whole thing might just be kind of rickety back and forth. You might even like kill a shifter or two. This I actually have had to happen, replace a derailleur you know? that was <laughs> too, yeah. too sloppy to use anymore. Yeah. Yep. But you know, there, there's, there's some stuff like above and beyond, you know, replacing cables and replacing chains and replacing cassettes. Stuff is going to happen, but it doesn't mean you need a new bike. No. No, I mean, a well-constructed frame, you know, which at this point, basically all of them are, you know, if you're not using something from 1987, <laughs> it's your race bike. <laughs> Brag. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's, you know, I should get some WHBP kind of like cred for that. But anyway, <laughs> but still, yeah. It, it's all pretty well built at this point and as long as you don't do something completely catastrophic to it if you maintain it you know it's gonna be fine it's fine it's actually especially fine. aluminum really i mean like yeah okay if you dented it's at more risk of cracking or something like that but but it's not like you're gonna rust an aluminum bike to death no which is which is nice i i don't really think that's very likely with steel either but not you know. especially at all, but mm. ever. No. Though, you know, I... Yes! I <laughs> yeah, no, it does... It, it can happen. Like, that's that's why I say, you know, with, with aluminum and... Well, and I guess carbon fiber, since you can repair it for so... You know, such an affordable rate. <laughs> call call Predator Carbon Repair <laughs> sponsoring WHPP. <laughs> they don't sponsor us, but they should. You know, we've all between us dented a lot of bikes, and we're still going. And I, I'd say, you know seek out other opinions on it but don't be afraid to beat the crap out of a bike that's what it's for Absolutely. that's what it's for that's what you do with it and i think that's uh i don't know that's probably that should be the final word can we can we right? say tools so, not jewels can we say that here we can say i that. mean we can say that i i kind of i have a weakness for a nice looking nice. bike oh absolutely but i think that a certain amount of um, wear and tear can kind of contribute to the aesthetics. Yeah, a patina, if you will. Yeah, right, yeah. An I was, honest I was working looking man, for... bike racer's patina. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, I've got, like, chips in the paint all over my bike, and I've got that dent, and, you know, it seems like right now I'm good because I just put new uh, shifters on my bike, so they are relatively pristine but you know i'm sure they'll go the route of every shifter i've ever had on a bike where it ends up with something scraped off of it because you know i've fallen <laughs> off at some point you've really got to stop doing that you really do all right thanks uh once again uh for joining us two weeks in a row man what a trooper just dialing us up two weeks running ian schmidt technical consultant and correspondent uh for whpp where can people get in touch with you, Ian? Uh, my Twitter handle is the, the thing on the internet I use the most. That's G-Y-E-N-Y-A-M-E with an at symbol in front of it. And I have a variety of fairly grumpy opinions. Awesome. And <laughs> Maddie, what about your opinions? Can people find those somewhere on Twitter or the internet? Yeah, but they're all they're all just like so moderated, you know. I say, oh, this is terrible. And someone says, yeah, but. And I say, yeah, good point. <laughs> and that happens uh, at underscore Matteo on Twitter. So I'll catch you there. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm at Grolby, G-R-O-L-B-Y, uh, in case you couldn't tell that. 
Um, and you can reach the show itself, uh, honestbikeprogram at gmail.com. You could also leave us a review on iTunes. That would be fantastic. It would really help us out. Um, we love you all, so, you know, love us back. That'd be nice. And thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again next week. fall off at all last year actually that's a good start uh, do that again no it, it is well i went for a very <laughs> long time this is you know a whole nother a whole nother thing but i went for a very very long time without falling off my bicycle in a race and then in 2013 it was just like ridiculous mm-hmm. <laughs> it was terrible and i i accumulated many dents and scratches uh in that year uh but uh, last year uh, the worst of it was i think i put my hand on someone's butt accidentally that wasn't great but other than, <laughs> other than that, <laughs> I didn't actually fall down. I just ended up putting my hand on some guy's butt. He was cool with it. It was fine. Oh, no, maybe so, he put his hand on my butt. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not touching that.